Hey guys, you are about to listen to episode two of Inside Kevin C. Um, this was a really fun conversation I had with my friend Lars, who um, I met back in high school and actually just reconnected with um, this year. Um, we had a nice time at Hyde Perk Coffee chatting about uh, philosophy, life, and kind of what we've been up to. And one more thing, unfortunately... Um, my recording app apparently only records up to 60 minutes at a time. So unfortunately, the conversation is cut off as it went a little bit longer than that. But um learned my lesson there. So hope you enjoy it. And uh, that's it. Take care. I go into like some sound studio. It's way too complicated. Are you going into sound studios? No, lot? no. It's just like whenever... I don't know. Or <laughs> you see a sound studio? Yeah, well, no, I've TV. downloaded one before oh, okay. and like tried using it, and then you know, didn't work. I wasn't gonna do anything with it. I know. I have been interested in. Uh, that was a pretty good shot as well. Yeah. Are you an espresso guy? Espresso? Espresso? Espresso guy? What did you say to me? <laughs> uh, I guess. I mean, I think people who are often going out for coffee. Well, I don't know. It's kind of a weird combination because if you're always going out for coffee, you're probably not being very smart with your money if you're spending like four or five dollars on a coffee every day or multiple times a day but so the americano is an espresso drink that's always pretty cheap relative to everything else on the menu inside i mean i always just go for a drip like a black drip coffee really you never mix it up uh i mean if i'm at like a a starbucks and feeling kind of Risky or whatever, or if, or if it's like a hot day out, then I'll get like an iced mocha or iced uh, chai latte. Chai is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I love chai lattes. But as for coffee, uh, yeah, it's usually just black. I I usually do the iced americano with or without cream, depending on how I'm feeling. I like that they gave me the, like, what kind of ice do you call this? Crushed ice? Yeah, but they're, like, in little... Looks like, like crushed like the kind ice. of ice <laughs> <laughs> they give you at Sonic. Oh. Like pellet, pellet ice yeah. or whatever. There's a word for it. Okay. I'll take your word for that. Um, but no, like, that's... Um, Kind of like when I started drinking coffee, I started drinking it in Norway, uh, and that's kind of just how they served it. They didn't even like put out sugar or cream or anything. Yeah. They just put out like a like a what a thermos or whatever you call it of just black coffee. And it's pretty cheap. And, yeah, it's not very good, but that's how I started <laughs> drinking. That's what I'm used to. So. Fair enough. It's probably best to live live your life that way. Yeah. Games t-shirts. Uh, okay, so 
Um, but like, so what, what are you doing right now? Do you, you have a job? Yeah, so I'm just working at a pharmacy. Trying to move on from that. Yeah. Find something where I can learn more skills. Yeah. Or that's, something that's kind of where I'm at, yeah. except I'm unemployed because the place <laughs> I was working last closed. So. Oh dang! Where was that? Uh, at the Piper Pub and Grill. Oh, that's downtown. Right? Yeah, right by the balcony. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I worked there as a cook for uh, a few months. Nice. Uh, and Are you a good cook? Uh, I got better there, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I didn't work on the line too much. I was mostly in the back, like, prepping stuff. So there wasn't as much, like, time rush and multitasking. I mean, there was, but it it's different when you're up on the line, like, putting things on plates and, like, you have multiple, you have orders coming in and you have to, like, oh, yeah. track what's on the, each order and, yeah, it's different. And not screw it up. When and not screw it up, up. yeah. Or else they get set back and they get yelled at. Oh, yeah. yeah. I um, was a dishwasher for a while in yeah. high school and, yeah, there was definitely some, like, residual stress I felt even though I didn't have to, like, <laughs> yeah. cooking or anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, I definitely washed, had my share of dishwashing too. Right, yeah. Because yeah. when the dishwasher's not there, I mean, you just everybody kind of rotates back when they're not busy onto the dish okay, pit. Yeah. Even like the like head chef would go back there and. Oh, that's you know, true. Yeah. I feel like I never really got that much help, but. <laughs> well, it, when you have a dedicated dishwasher come in. Um, I mean, they—they—that's their job. So you leave that to them. But during the hours when they're not there, uh, and the okay. dishes start piling up, you gotta like. Yeah, we pretty much always had a dishwasher there, so I suppose that's why. Yeah. Well, I mean, you would say that because you were a dishwasher, <laughs> know. and you know they had two. <laughs> whenever had, you were there, they had a dishwasher. Yeah. Two <laughs> scheduled dishwashers every day for eight-hour shifts, so or whatever. So yeah, I've been doing that, and then um, I was working towards grad school, but I think I'm not going to do that. Yeah, anymore. I've been kind of on the fence about that. Like, that was my plan uh, right after college, but um, well, me graduating was kind of confu like complicated because. Um, I didn't think that I was going to graduate when I did. Uh, basically, so uh, I had a year off where during my sophomore year where I came back home and did not do college for like medical stuff. Um, and so I thought that I was going to have to like push my graduation back for a year. Uh, and then, so in my final, like in my senior year, uh, I had enough AP credits from like high school to completely knock out like a whole semester. Nice. Uh, so that was really nice. And then, and then in my senior year, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna overload and take like 22 credits. Oh, uh, and so like six classes or whatever. That's um, 
Yeah, and just knocked everything out, and that was all that I needed. Uh, and so, or no, yeah, I, each semester I took five classes. Um, and so I knocked out everything and knocked out another extra semester, essentially. And really? so I got to graduate on time. Dang. Uh, so in three years, essentially. Okay, um, yeah. Um, so because of that... Um, Wait, so I that was last year, right? 2018? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2018. Um, I mean, I didn't get all of it knocked out because um, I came home and then I had like... Let's see. I had like four credits, or no, I had like six credits left, so I took those uh, with CWI. Uh, Wait, so you came home when? Um, this is after your senior year? Or this was uh, 2018. I came home. Okay. Uh, and then I, during this last winter or fall, basically, I took classes with CWI. Oh, okay. Uh, and that finished it off? And that, yeah, I transferred those, like, six credits over to Rochester, and that, and they mailed me my diploma, basically. Nice. But, um, while I was in Rochester, I still got to do, like, the graduation walk with everybody. Yeah. And, uh, even though you were a fraud. Yeah, even though... <laughs> They, they basically, when they gave me my diploma, it was basically just like a saying, oh, you'll get it later. It was like a ba blank piece of paper, basically, uh, in a fancy envelope. Uh, but that was cool that I got to walk and my family got to come and see that and stuff, and it was on time. Uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, because of that, I didn't know at the time that I was going to graduate. Um, during, like, while I was taking classes during my senior year, and so I didn't have, like, I didn't apply to any grad schools or anything. And same thing, when I came back, I was taking classes with CWI, and I missed that sort of application deadline. Um, and now, I'm not sure, I could apply, like, start applying now, and, like, start, like, juicing up some paper for a writing sample, and, do all whatever it is that's... It's the GRE, that's the biggest... I took the GRE. Oh, you already took yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Dang. Um, when did I, you take that? Um, in probably January. Dang. Uh, or like soon after I got my diploma. Okay. Um, or no, maybe it was just a couple months ago. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's, I mean, fairly recently within yeah. the last four six months. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. That's yeah. That's a nice so I, thing to have done. I got that knocked out. Uh, but now, I don't know if grad school is where I want to be because I've been, like, working and I kind of... So my biggest thing right now is I want to get out of the house and be financially independent. Yeah. Essentially. Um, I just did the opposite. Yeah. I literally just moved home. Well, I'm... I moved home too. Like I'm, I'm literally living with my parents. So uh, basically, I want to get out of there and I want to be finished. And so, like grad school would do that because, like, if I got a stipend for grad school, right. then, which you would. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't go anywhere where I had to pay. 
to go to grad school. So many people I do. <laughs> well, that's that's ridiculous. Or at least for other types of Yeah, programs. yeah. If you're going to like med school, I think, or law school is pretty expensive. Uh, I have two friends who are yeah, in law school. So. Yeah. But um, if I was gonna do something like in philosophy, then like if if they wanted money from me, that would tell me that they're not actually seeing me as an investment. So they don't really care as much about like building me up as like a potential investment for them. They really only care about my money. And so they're just like, okay, yeah, sure, you can come to Harvard, but we need your money. And that that sort of indicates that they don't really like they'll let me in, but they don't really see me as like a investment that'll like write good papers for them and bring them uh, cred, basically. They just want money. So, would you say something similar about your undergrad program, or did you get all of that paid for? No, I would not say the same about. Um, so have to I, do with the. The difference between being a graduate student and yeah. an undergraduate. Yeah, um, undergraduate. I yeah, I had to pay a lot. I mean, thankfully, my parents and grandparents and stuff basically paid for all of it. Uh, so Debt free really, then? Yeah. So I'm really grateful Same for here. that. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, uh, I could not manage living with debt. Um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't like get a full ride scholarship or anything like that. I did get like like a minor scholarship, um, but yeah. I got su something super basic my first year. Yeah, like Rochester, University of Rochester is like a pretty expensive school. Is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way more expensive than BSU. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I got like a, a $9,000 semester uh, scholarship, and that, nice. was like a, that was like a drop in the bucket. Really? Almost, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you, did you live on campus? Yeah. All, yeah, for, for all of it. Okay, wow. Yeah. And is it just because that's so much cheaper than the surrounding uh, area, or? Well, for freshman year, you have to live on campus. Um, and I... For my senior year, I I lived in school housing, but it wasn't technically like on campus. Okay. It was across the river, but it was like right next to it. Um, so I, I guess yeah, that, but it was still like a student dorm kind of yeah. thing. Um, so it just worked out that way. Yeah. Wasn't like a, yeah. Um, plus, like I don't know, like the area immediately surrounding the school like you wouldn't think this because it's like a pretty like uh, it's like a nice school and stuff but like the area just like right across the river um, is like the ninth ward which is like the really I don't want to say ghetto but like it's where like the race riots in the 70s happened and it's like Wow. Really, like you don't want to go walking around there at night, basically, because yeah. you hear all the time about like so and so got mugged or like there was a drive-by shooting or shit Dang. like that. So <laughs> I can't imagine that happening in Boise. Like, yeah, no, on no, anywhere near campus, you know. No, it, it was pretty. Ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not like we would really go out on the town very much either, so I never really went much into the city um, or anything like that. It was 
pretty much all confined on campus. But yeah, like I, I want to do, I feel like if I want to do something related to philosophy, then I have to get like a graduate degree. And really, a master's won't really do much either. I would probably get a PhD. That's the thing. I'm thinking like, and that, man, that's five felt, And that fight felt like so much more school and I just got out of school and it's like, yeah. yeah. See, I don't think I would mind too much going back to school. I don't think that would be the worst part. I think I would enjoy it too. Yeah. Of course, I'm now two years out, right? So I've had, had my time to relax yeah. and chill. But uh, it's just, I think I wasn't excited or motivated for it enough to put myself into like a five-year thing, super narrow focus, come out on the other side, have like one thing I can yeah, do. Yeah, well, uh, academic philosophy is super competitive too. Right. Um, I have an uncle and cousin and her husband are all... Serious? All, yeah, they all got their PhDs. My uncle's a professor uh, and his daughter and then her husband uh, are all philosophy like PhDs. Now. That's she, super she cool. just, Yeah, well, she just finished her dissertation. Wow. Um, so that's, I, I've talked with them a lot about uh, like the way forward and philosophy in general. Um, and yeah, they, they all told me that like, I mean, even if you don't want to go into academia, uh, getting a PhD or advanced degree in philosophy is really rewarding, uh, but only go into academia if you're like confident I guess or like you're prepared for it, it only plan on going into academia if or getting a PhD if you think you could be happy doing something that wasn't academia essentially so don't get a PhD with your only intent going into academia because it's so competitive, you have to have like a backup option okay. uh, for something that you might do with it. Uh, so what, uh, did they have backup options? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they did. And, and my backup option would be like going into like, uh, like editing for a philosophy journal or something like that. Or, oh, so is that, yeah. Or like writing for, like stuff like that, sort of back-end publishing kind of stuff. Uh, Are so, you any more qualified with a PhD for a lot of those writing gigs than you are um, as just a, a bachelor degree holder? Well, if I were to go into like something specific to philosophy, like a philosophy journal, they would yeah. definitely want like a, at least a master's. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I've also been looking at like places that are outside of philosophy that are just like um, like media or publishing in general uh, kind of stuff. And I've been applying to those and they, I don't think you would necessarily need a, I don't know if a PhD would really do anything there. Um, but I mean, again, I haven't gotten any like word back, so yeah, <laughs> if it would help or not. But, um, but no, like I'm, 
I, I'm torn because I'm super like into philosophy, so I'm probably gonna go to grad school. Uh, that's probably the way forward for me. And then, until then, I'm gonna start. So I'll start writing and, and doing application stuff now. And while I'm doing that, I'll get just like some part-time work, just wherever. Um, so you can move out. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I if I were to go to grad school next fall, I don't know if I would, it would even, how long I would move out for. He's flying. That would just be like a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Um, I don't know. Well, if you, yeah, if you're going to, well, maybe, yeah, even if you maybe were I would like this year, it'd still be until August, right? Yeah, so. right. It would, it would be a year. Um, so maybe I would, if I got accepted somewhere, I would, like, look at moving there early and, oh, then, yeah. and then getting a job or a part-time job there um, and then just going to grad school there. Because I don't, I don't know if I would want to move out while in Boise for like a year and then move again. I don't know how that would work with me. I mean, maybe it would be fine. But yeah, I'm sure you could survive. Um, but yeah, I'm just yeah, like I'm really pretty passionate about philosophy, so that's kind of. So when you say that, what do you mean? Uh, I really like talking about it with people, and even when they have like little to no interest, <laughs> I'll, I'll just like rattle stuff at them. And like I don't know. So I, I don't know if I annoy people with that, but I, you know I like talking about it, and I like writing it too, and just like learning about it. Are you writing stuff now? Uh, I mean, I've seen your blog, and you have like three or four posts. I yeah, think, so I I was I I tried doing that, and I and couldn't get consistent with it. I couldn't get super into it um, because I wasn't getting really any views or feedback or anything. Um, I, I mean, I know that it's yeah. I don't really know how to grow it or advertise it at all. And so it and I don't really. It's weird, kind of like talking to myself almost. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I, I, I might pick it back up again. Um, but I've been trying to do it. It is. It is a different style than I'm used to, yeah. and I also feel like there is a certain kind of uh, vibe or tone you get from a lot of blog type yeah. things or like just random. Facebook articles that some girl will share, and it's yeah. just like, I don't, I'm just turned off for some reason. Yeah. Right now. And it's hard to avoid that type of. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sort of like, here's how my life is going, like, here's what I did today kind of stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's sort of a. Maybe it's just really just like the top ten, 10 things you need to know about some random crap. And it's like yeah. the whole premise of the article is kind of just not serious. But well, it's that, like that stuff just kind of feels clickbaity. But yeah, yeah. yeah it, well, it's, it's an influence from uh, 
like BuzzFeed and um, the successful or yeah, it uh, does get clicks. Yeah, I mean it gets clicks. but like that sort of BuzzFeedy sort of like some of it is sort of serious, but then other stuff is like silly. It just devolves eventually. Yeah, there's like eventually. a gif or a picture on each paragraph, yeah. and some of the paragraphs are one sentence. Yeah, right. Just like a throwaway. And so yeah, I I I try not to turn my articles, I suppose you call them, into like. Posts, blog posts, yeah. Into the 13 things I learned about. Even if I want to talk about the things I learned from law. Yeah, you won't. There's kind of like groove that makes me feel icky. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, most most things are written like in like this sort of list format so that they can do um, number one and then that's like a little tiny page and then you have to click the next button to get to number two that's just to yeah. generate more ad revenue it's all mechanics of, yeah. Uh, yeah. of making money rather than writing right so yeah um, but yeah I don't know uh, you said what well, so far yeah yeah I mean it's it's been interesting doing that I, I'll, I'll probably pick it back up again um, but should, and I've I've had things to write about, like like concepts in my head that I was like, oh, that make it probably make a good blog post, but I just haven't done it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I what what kind of things have you written about? I saw that you wrote like what I learned playing Smash. Yeah, I wrote about that, which is kind of. Uh, What'd you learn playing Smash? Feel good. I learned how to succeed, or a method for succeeding in things, and sort of like I kind of romanticized it as falling in love. So it's okay. like I talk about like falling in love with Smash, right? okay. and uh, my behaviors um, that exhibited falling in love with Smash led me to do really well at Smash. Okay. And so if I can take those behaviors and sort of mimic them myself before I mentally feel the way I do about whatever other subject yeah. I'm trying to master, then I can induce that. First of all, the, the actions I'm taking are going to be beneficial for that goal. Right. And then I can further induce wanting to do those actions right. and just perform more and more of them and be better at them. Okay. Uh, so it's it's like about inducing passion, essentially. Yeah, basically. And so Smash gave me like an outline for right. doing well in other things. Okay, that's cool. And then um, my first one was about just like losing weight in college. Yeah, and yeah I, like, I mean, I noticed that you look really good. Thanks, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> you said something when yeah, we ran to each yeah. other. Uh, Brady's basement. You were pretty drunk, but uh, oh, I don't think I was that. Maybe uh, not, but, but you seemed maybe, really drunk to uh, me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe I was a little bit, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, Lander. Yeah, maybe not. Lander was on <laughs> uh, on one that night. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
And then, uh, anyways, my last, my most recent post was about just music that I've been listening to. Okay. And yeah. like Carly Rae Jepsen, why she's great. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is, is she the Call Me Maybe yeah. one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So check that out. Yeah. If you're not into pop music, I'm really not. Then, yeah. of course, I think you should like check it out, see what you think. Yeah. But the article is not as compelling as the other ones. Yeah, because it's just not like all a, of them have to be. Yeah, it's just more of like a. My last friend said this to me, but like a get to know you sort of. Yeah, thing. sure. It's like, Kevin likes doing or listening to this yeah. stuff, so that's a cool little fact. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but now my, I've been trying to do one a week, as I said, and I've been posting like Friday, 2 a.m., which is tomorrow, and I don't have anything written. <laughs> and I've been trying to brainstorm, but yeah, I think I might t write about friendship, and because uh, it's interesting to. I have my friend who's moving away for law school, who's like basically became my best friend for the last four years. I'm going to a wedding in Seattle for a friend who, through basically 95% him, has like kept the friendship alive. Because for me, if my friends move away, it's just like, I'll see you when I see you in it's, person. It's hard. Right? Yeah. Um, and then friends like you, where it's like, oh, I haven't talked to this person in like, or at least I haven't seen you in like six years yeah, yeah. or something like that. It's been a while. And like, here we are. Yeah. So it's not supposed to be super, super deep or anything, yeah. but I did listen to a Philosophy Bites podcast on friendship to try to stir the pot. And uh, you should check out that podcast. Philosophy Bites? Yeah. It's like, it's nice because it's bite-sized, as you might guess, but it's like actual real philosophers doing, like talking very seriously about very niche subjects um, that, at least in my undergrad, like, we didn't have a segment on friendship in yeah, class, you know, so it's like... I don't know anything oh, about Yeah, I wonder what philosophers are... Like the one philosopher who's thinking about this has to say. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think I wrote a, one of my posts about. Um, oh yeah, I, I wrote a post about like music. I don't know if you read it or not. I've read one about uh, all responsibilities to people who are dead. Or something okay, like that. Yeah. And then. Was it about politicized music or something like no, that? No, I wrote one about politicized movies and stuff. Movies, okay. Yeah, but what I'm talking about is I wrote about um, just a super niche topic that I haven't really heard people talk about, but it was just like something that I was thinking about is um, the. Uh, about covers, essentially, like song covers, uh, okay. like um, sort of like what makes um, a song like uh, this song. Like, uh, is it if I sing a cover of a what's song? The essence but like, of a song? Yeah, yeah, what's the essence of it? If I sing a cover of a song, 
uh, but slightly change something, is it still that song? Am I singing that song by that person, or am I singing something else? Or like, if you sing, yeah, and, and like the, I, I reference some stuff where it's like, okay, here's um, this song. Uh, I use um, "Kick Out the Jams" by MC5, um, and a cover of it by uh, Presidents, uh, which had the same sort of essence, and I argued that it had the same essence and it was genuinely the same song, but it had almost totally different lyrics. Like they said, so wait, like it, the, it is a the, cover. It's a cover of the song, um, and the chorus is the same. Uh, but all of the other lyrics are totally changed. So it's a real borderline case. It's a really borderline case, and I argued that it was genuinely the same song because it okay. held the same essence, and the lyrics weren't super important to that essence. Um, so. Interesting. So the essence of a song could be, is not attached to a certain aspect of music, like um, lyrics. So, well, it's it's attached to like a number of, of different things, including uh, lyrics, um, the uh, the tempo and melody and stuff, and then also um, like the, the intent or meaning behind the song. So if you slightly change the lyrics, but it keeps the same sort of message, uh, then right. they would retain so, some of that. And if, you, and if you change one of these things, it might keep the same song. If you change multiple of them, it might be different. So it requires like a number of these different things. To, did you propose an exhaustive list of criteria? It, it wasn't super yeah. exhaustive. But I, I just made, I basically just made the case that this was, this is a marginal case, and I think it keeps the same. Here's an like, example. Essence. To go farther, much farther than that, would take a lot of... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's e it. Did even, you talk about remixes at all? Uh, what's, no. What's a remix, in your view? Uh, a remix. Because um, at first you brought up the borderline case of, or, or let's say covers, right? Yeah. And... A cover seems closer to being genuinely the song, yeah. or an, an instance of the song, than a remix does. Yet remixes often still bear, or almost always bear, the title yeah. of the song. With, um, Yet, because it's a remix, does that disqualify it as... Um, I don't know that there's effectively like a... a like a significant difference between a remix and a cover, really. Um, other than it's called a remix and it's changed uh, more often than not, it's changed more so than, uh, and it's so, focused yeah. more on okay. like the instrumentals and like the the melody and the the tempo and that kind of gets a, messed there's a up rap a lot feature more after the second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> second, uh, um, I know, like. Uh, okay, there's, that's a reasonable view of. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think there's. I mean, you can call something a cover, or you can call it a remix, and I think it really mostly depends on what you do with it. It's still pretty much the same yeah. concept. It's really a. Yeah. So with, within the possible criteria of songs. 
or features of songs that yeah. would serve as criteria for fitting in, fitting its essence or not. A remix might denote changes in some of those, whereas a cover might denote changes in other right. parts of those. And like, uh, I guess another example would be like, um, I don't think I mentioned this, but like Patti Smith, uh, who is like a uh, famous, um, like a, a punk uh, artist, uh, did a cover of, um, uh, what's that? Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana, and she likes to insert like her own like poetry into songs, essentially. And so she did and like she's a punk artist. Yeah, um, I mean you should definitely listen and try listening to Patti Smith because she's like really good. Because okay. um, in this version of uh, of Smells Like Teen Spirit is like I think like a lot better than Nirvana's. Um, but like yeah, she so the rest of the song is the same, but she inserts her own bit. Um, and I think that's pretty much along the same lines of, yeah, I mean, that's, this is a cover, and it's the same song, but it's got, and its essence is the same. So I'm, I'm pretty liberal with that, how I'm, I'm defining things as big, like an essence, uh, or a song, um, out pretty, pretty inclusive rather than, like, exclusive. I don't know, this, this is just like one of the things that I've written about and it, we were talking about like niche ideas and right. this isn't something that I like heard people talk about but it has some stuff to do with like philosophy of language uh, about like... I think, yeah, you probably... I'm tempted to start thinking about vagueness problems about, when I think about that. About whose? Vagueness. Oh, vagueness. Yeah. I immediately think of like... Is this... Is this a file or, you know, yeah. is it not a file? It's like, at what point, well, how many changes or, can it become? Yeah, like, is, is a hot there, dog a sandwich? Yeah. yeah. Is there really, like, oh, I, I've changed one more thing about the song and all of a sudden it's a different song? Yeah. Like, really? Uh, I don't know, maybe, yeah, like, I'm sure there's at like least that, Like an incrementalist kind of like, oh, if I make one more change to this, does it now suddenly become a different song? Right. Like it could be a plausible case, case of that. What are? Do you remember the three camps for solving problems of vagueness? No, I'm not I can't familiar. remember them either. Camps? Yeah, like how you like one of them's like there actually is metaphysical vagueness in the world. Yeah. One of them's like, we have a lack of knowledge about where the line is. Yeah. So that's like a, there is actually a there's cutoff. A, there's a line, we just don't yeah. have any way of figuring of out knowing where that it. is. Yeah. Or we're very far from knowing at least. Yeah. And then there's one more that's, I can't remember the titles. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. I've also been paying attention to more uh, political stuff. I've kind of gotten burned out of it on it. Really? Yeah. So when you say you're paying attention, well, what does that mean? Well, watching political 
streams and podcasts and consuming that kind of stuff and thinking about that kind of stuff. Who have you been watching? Uh, like Destiny. Um, and I watch, I used to watch like Ben Shapiro sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, really? That surprises me. Why? Why's that? I don't know. I mean, he's pretty right. And yeah. I should give you more credit, but um, he, I think if you're not already on board with what he's saying, he could be pretty annoying. Yeah, so that's why I say I used to watch him. Well, because I thought that a lot of stuff around, I think some of the stuff that he said is good, but then more and more, like recently, it's just been kind of like, Okay, well, this is a bad take, or um, this Rat is like not is really. Bad. I don't, I don't know anything about he that. He tweeted, he tweeted something like that once. Oh, he got yeah. so much blowback from yeah. everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of what he says is not uh, great. Well, but so, like some of it is like makes um, sense at least. Um, like I think a lot of his electoral sort of stuff is interesting. Is it recorded? Yeah. Um, uh, my phone keeps vibrating, so like. So like going when on. he when he talks about stuff like um, political strategies, like oh, is doing this a, an effective strategy for Trump, regardless of whether or not it's good? Is this sure. an effective strategy, or uh, rhetorically or politically? I think that stuff is like pretty on point and interesting because I don't really know anything about that. I usually just think about like, well, what's good and right um, versus what's effective. effective. Yeah, so I, I think some of that stuff can be interesting. Um, but yeah, the, the, the rest of it, I, I've kind of grown out of. I don't really listen to much politics anymore. But what what did attract me to Ben is that he he at least likes to formulate things in a way that's I think attractive to the philosopher type, where it's like, oh well, he's actually like laying out an argument, yeah, which right. is more than you can say for for most, most political, political pundits. That's what I like about Destiny, too. Is because really? he has, he's, like, really philosophically minded. And yeah. that's what he... He paid more attention, like, in the past. That's what he was, like, really into. Um, like, he doesn't have a degree or anything, but he knows, like, just as much as I do about any... I mean, not any philosophical, but a lot of them. And tries to, like, actually formulate arguments. Yeah. He's always asking... I, I've tuned into, like... Yeah, sometimes you end up in YouTube, of course, yeah. with this like yeah. two-hour debate between like Sargon of Akkad yeah. and Destiny, and I make it like 20 minutes in, I'm like, I'm just going to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, yeah. this is not well, practically I, helpful for me. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm, I'm consuming too much of it, and it's like, well, this isn't yeah. getting me anywhere. I mean, I'll, I'll speed through at 1.5 or 1.7. That's smart. Like that. I need to do that more. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just too much. There's too much content out there to not do that uh, and be, like, efficient about it. Right. Uh, I've definitely noticed I've become more practical based, at least as a phase. 
recently. It's like listening to politics is not helping me in any way. And yeah. I'm in the stage of my life where I have a desire to start like making money and yeah, creating something yourself. and building something. Yeah. Yeah. And I love doing all that other stuff, but yeah, I, I, I haven't want... found a way to turn that into yeah, I I, re- I I really need to and like want to like stop consuming and start producing essentially because uh, I consume so much like media content it's like too much uh, and I really want to like put something else sort of out or like back. What do you think about sort of uh, how you change as a person when you are? doing, let's say, a certain amount, an, exorb- an exorb- exorbitant. exorbitant amount of uh, consuming versus creating, like, do you feel like you sort of lose track of yourself, like, why do I, wait, why do I think this, yeah, I just, like, ways, so, like, yeah, so that's kind of something that I've been kind of worried about, is because, like, I used to be like more conservative and like right leaning, like I voted for Trump and stuff. Uh, in 2016. In 2016. Yeah. That blows my mind. I don't know you at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, uh, and then I, w- I would, that's, I would listen to more, like consume a, like a bunch of right, sort of right leaning stuff. Are your parents, and, where are your parents? No, on? my parents are super liberal. Okay, um, I had that part right. And then, as I start listening to more like left stuff, like uh, like Destiny, for instance, uh, I find myself like sort of being more sympathetic to left stuff, and now I'm more towards the center. And, and so I'm thinking, wait, is this really coming from me, or is my consumption of media content really like? Really shaping my core beliefs, and it's that's really it's worry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it, but it's worrisome. Um, and I guess there's not really much you can do about that. That's just like how we form our beliefs is really is really not like the rational like intake of information, rationally processing it and spitting out beliefs like we like to think it is like psychologically it's really much more like yeah we take in stuff and then we internally formulate uh, conceptions about that stuff and then we sort of post rationalize why we believe it just based on that's the scary so two things that's the scary thing about free will that they've been yeah, right. That, I mean, I took a couple of, me like, um, uh, metaphysics. Me, no, not metaphysics. Like, uh, psycho, psychological, no, it's, uh, what was the class called? Um, psycho, something philosophy. Uh, really interesting. Yeah, so, like, actually, like, delving into, like, modern psychology. Like philosophy of mind? No, so, like, Delving into topics in modern psychology and extrapolating stuff into like ethics. Um, so, so for instance, uh, the research that we've done about psychopaths is really interesting uh, because um, if 
and, and stuff like free will, deter, talking about determinism, um, talking about like um, what can psychopaths tell us about Kant, for instance, like stuff like that. Um, yeah, um, and, and like I like I wrote a paper about there's a argument about this guy who uh, did like some sort of study where. Uh, he like hooked people up to some sort of brain scanner and asked them um, trolley problems essentially uh, and found that uh, people who uh, responded uh, deontologically uh, tended to uh, be at more active in like a emotional side of the brain uh, versus it sounds familiar to me yeah actually, versus yeah. the more utilitarian uh, people would uh, be more active in like the rational or like critical part of the brain and they tried to use that as sort of like a uh, saying like well Kant likes to say that he's not emotional or whatever he's trying to be like super rational like proposed ethics based on rationality but really it's more like emotional than the other ones and I was like I wrote a paper saying like well that's not really how we should be evaluating like ethical or um, normative arguments is by looking at like the ways we arrive at them we should be looking at the arguments themselves rather than how we arrive at those arguments um, yeah I mean I think it's useful but to I think it's interesting knock off the legitimacy of an argument yeah. because of how we because like if you think about like arrived at it if you if you want to extrapolate that to like any other kind of area like oh well uh, liberals are just more are more emotional about their stuff so we should you know disregard them yeah. like in politically genetic well, that's, fallacy yeah that's that's kind of not really a comfortable thing well in the, and like we shouldn't yeah. be making arguments that way essentially in the most straightforward case you can have people who hold mutually exclusive binary views on things who both arrived at those things in let's say four ways right yet one is right one is wrong right so we clearly cannot say both are wrong yeah. strictly because, because of the, of the they way they arrived at those things. The second, what were we talking about about before we dived into free will? Uh, it's always the worst to try to go back and <laughs> yeah. figure out Yeah, well I was talking about psychology and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, But like, what? What are you sort of interested in? in philosophically, yeah, or philosophically? I don't know. You don't know? Yeah. I in my undergrad, I just would randomly get into stuff in class where it's like, oh, actually, this is really cool, exciting. Yeah. The only and stuff that 
I never could get into because I just wasn't like very good at it with logic. Like I think it's super interesting. I took a couple logic classes, like an intermediate logic class, and like it was super interesting, but like super hard for me. Um, so, but everything else. I think I took like logic 3.0 whatever, like second semester, sophomore year. And I remember like, yeah, it wasn't my favorite class, but pretty typical. I didn't hate it. It yeah. was hard. Yeah. But yeah, I think I guess he could be a philosopher if he only thinks about logic. Yeah, like one of my but, professors, I mean, didn't only think about logic, but like he was really more keyed into like the like I, it's different systems. Yeah, logic systems and like stuff like that. Um, stuff all the philosophers take for granted most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and how we, what makes a logic system good, or like how we use yeah. other ways to Man, talk about meta. It's like yeah, it, meta it's, everything. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's like, I don't know if I'm that into even one area that I could go. Like, I'm, I'm interested in, like, I, I could write articles of the sort you've written, where it's like, I'm not writing six pages or more, ten pages even on, on one thing. I like writing brief, more brief things that let you kind of get the idea of like, oh, there's something interesting here. Yeah. And maybe you shouldn't just um, believe this one thing that you've always believed because there's this yeah, there's confusion this here, yeah. yeah, whatever, that you've just ignored. Yeah, right. um, But I don't know if I'm that interested in really just going to the very end of that thought yeah. and figuring it all out to find out yeah. if if music is you know yeah is one way or another okay i get that um i think that's definitely the case for a blog format you really can't dive super deep into something you could it wouldn't be a blog anymore yeah but yeah uh, you can there are blogs out there that people just like a whole essay, you'd have to yeah. like commit like ten pages or whatever to a topic and really yeah, dive deep into it or more. They yeah. add on like over the years, you know. It's like yeah. so these things can go on. People write books about one thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of I I kind of like doing that. Um, really getting into like in deep into a topic and like figuring out all the nuances and alternate arguments and stuff like that, but um, it takes a while. It, yeah. It's hard to do in like a blog format. Uh, so I haven't done much of that, but. And like, that's not to say I didn't enjoy writing my papers. Like, I'm so happy I was able to write what I wrote yeah. instead of what I, when I think about like freshman year English class, it's like, we are just absolutely wasting our time writing all this other stuff. But that's how I felt. Like, I'm writing 
annotated bibliographies uh, and, and like, it's like, what? What is everyone else in this school doing? Like, I don't know. It's so awful. But uh, so I guess the format of philosophy writing, I was really happy with just the lack of restrictions on how you're supposed to basically just random formatting things that yeah. in my eyes are completely arbitrary. Yeah. And my professors were just like, as long as you're consistent and it's not completely horrible what you're doing, then yeah, I mean, as long as you're... It's really just about the content. Yeah, it, it really is just all about the arguments that you're presenting and the ideas rather than, like, stuff like... APA and structure and... Like, I, I think structure is important, Yeah, I got down the basic structure that worked, and I just did that for four years. Yeah, pretty much. It, it's just like, present your argument, present the reasons for that argument, present opposing view and the reasons for that, and be charitable with it, and then present... And knock the, them down if you can. Or say your, what you Yeah, can. present your answer to those uh, opposition and then then restate your conclusion, essentially. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much the structure that I use. Mine's very... I, I always had an intro paragraph right. and a background information, and that's usually where my argument would go, where it's like, here's the argument. Yeah, here's the argument. Very, very clear uh, what your conclusion is and your and then you lay out your premises and then, yeah and that, that's a fun a fun process and I think yeah it's more more fun than what I would have been doing yeah, for argumentative writing for sure is, yeah where I like I took a one of my classes for I took with CWI yeah. was like a creative writing class. I almost just blew my brain out. Like, <laughs> it was just a slog. Uh, I, I think for the most part, I'd be with you there. Yeah. We I was in a philosophy and fiction class. Okay. And it's uh, it's cross listed as philosophy and English. So you know that's going to be a mess. It's like ninety five percent of the students are English majors, and the professor's supposed to have a class that includes both of those demographics. Yeah. Like, every other class we're talking about, like, writing. Just, like, creative writing. Talking about, yeah. like, Lord of the Rings and stuff. And um, the final was, like, you can either write, like, a 30-page uh, narrative sort of fiction piece or, like, a six-page philosophy uh, yeah, or, or just like a, yeah, you make an argument or say whatever. I wrote about whether or not truth exists in fiction. Um, it's just like everyone <laughs> freaking wrote the, even some of the philosophy students I knew wrote the narrative. The three page. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, no, there's no way. Well, it's like even, I can't imagine because like even within my philosophy department, there were a lot of people who really could just not figure out how to write an argument in a paper or like how to sh form an argument. I mean, how big the was philosophy, your department um, or your 
Your class. My class. I think like six other people graduated with me. Yeah. Same here. Um, but like the people who were not like in the department, who were just like taking the classes, oftentimes it was like if we had to do like peer review stuff, um, a lot of the time it. I don't know. It was just like I can't imagine doing like with the English class, English slash philosophy class. I can't imagine that would have been. Yeah, I don't think we did peer review in that class. Yeah, I, but I like didn't show reading, up for half of that class. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. But like people, I don't know. Even in philosophy classes, a lot of the time, don't really understand how to make arguments. And that's. Do you just chalk that up to philosophy having sort of a dual perception? One of analytic academic philosophers and one of the more popular idea where you basically smoke weed in the class. Thanks for listening to episode two of Inside Kevin C. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, once again, I apologize for the abrupt end to the conversation. Um, I will make sure that's uh, figured out for next time. And uh, let me know what you think. Have a great day.